Would you hurry up? Because I have to take my pills. You do? What kind yeah. of pills are you taking? Give me my, <laughs> give me my drink oh, is so this I thing can on? take my pills. So, why are you taking pills? Yeah, because I, I have a lot of stress. Yeah. Now, see, I lead a pill-free life. Oh. Is that, uh, you, you proud of that? Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that an accomplishment in your case. I'm 60 years old. I'm not taking any medication. I think that you could greatly benefit from some pills. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they used to say in the 60s. Dr. Yeah. Timothy Leary, you need help opening those prescription bottles? No, you all it. right? <laughs> because it's got a child lock cap on it. So I got it. You can't <laughs> open it. That's saying something. <laughs> you boy, the, you just opening that pill thing made you much happier. <laughs> you were so pissed off. You're so rude. You pop the top of that thing, and uh, you're you're in a completely different mood. You are so rude. Now she's taking her pills and swallowing, and everything's getting better. Right? The whole room's changing. So I'm a completely different so, person. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's getting softer. No more hard edges on the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dad. Hello, number one daughter. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay. How are you, pals? Good. Did they, they go down? <laughs> they did. You know, the funniest, <laughs> one of the funniest things that wasn't so funny was that night I was at the studio and you called me up and you would swallow the pill, but it didn't go down all the way and it was burning your throat. That was pretty bad. I don't know what you're talking about, because the only time I remember that happening, you and I were together. We were at the house. Were we? Oh, were we at the studio? No. No. We were. In... Well, it's funny. See, like that's my way of compensating. I just put myself in the studio for every memory. <laughs> all right, the TikTok thing. What do you think of that? Well, how do you feel? First of all, how do you feel about the return to podcasting? I'm happy about the return to podcasting. Uh, I used to enjoy that. In fact, I listen to that stuff all the time now because some of it's on my phone, some of it's on my laptop. Like, I'm driving and I'm listening to some of that stuff and I'm laughing my ass off usually. Yeah. We recorded a lot of funny stuff. And a lot of it was kind of funny because it was recorded in transit between, like, home and work. Yeah. That's... And you used to be so pissed off about going to work that we'd get a lot of funny material. And then I'd pick you up at work sometimes, and you'd give me the report. Well, I hate working. Yeah, well, I think the probably the funniest place you worked at was that uh, movie, uh, theater? movie theater. Yeah. That was awesome. A lot of good stories. That was great. And also, you blew up the myth, because that was in a, like an art house movie theater. Yeah, no So I always no had, <laughs> no, they had, I always had like this elevated thing about it. It's like, oh, we're going there. You know, you're seeing like this film from Czechoslovakia or something. And so you, but you tended to associate the art house films with the place itself. Well, a lot of people thought it was like an independent movie theater. Yeah. Did yeah, you it realize wasn't. it was a corporate Yeah, I had no chain? idea. Yeah, I thought that for as many years as I've gone there, and I, and I went there many years, Yeah. Uh, I always thought that that was an independent place. Yeah, no. And because it was, I figured it was like Coolidge or something. Yeah. Yeah. So my stories just shattered the Oh, it fantasy. shattered all of it. Yeah, that yeah. and the behavior of the clientele, because I always thought the clientele was like, part, you know, more, more part of the Elevated. intelligentsia. Yeah, well, because yeah. of all the colleges and everything. Right, right. right. And you yeah. go in and do the Harvard like guys, the, the MIT jacket. Yeah. And not that yeah, I no. own corduroy no. jackets, but I'm just saying, you know, with it, with, it, it had that me. feel to it. And These people was... shit on the floor of the bathroom yeah, yeah. just like everyone else. <laughs> yeah, when you started telling me stuff like that and those people eating the popcorn off the floor. But the clientele was... at the burger joint I worked at, they were all yeah, right, aristocratic that's true. too. Yeah, right, and yeah, they that's also right. shit on the floor. Right, that was all, that was in, in a very high uh, end area. Uh, 
uh, high high uh, property values and uh, yeah yeah when you people used to just tell suck. Me, yeah I guess it doesn't matter how much money you have no <laughs> I don't think it does I think people right. are animals no yeah because like I you know I'm on the road a lot with my job and you know I have problems going into public restrooms I don't I don't make any I, I don't try to cover that up. Right. Because, you have a real phobia. Well, it is. Yeah, it's just but that's they're a like separate these topic. horrible places. Yeah, I guess that's another <laughs> podcast. But you look at it and you say, okay, well, all right, there's this stuff all over the walls and everything, but a bunch of, uh, you know, like it's, I don't know. And I shouldn't even say this because I'm not going to say it. But uh, so you say, okay, well, now I'm in this art house theater. Right. Right. With I'm no longer at the at the truck stop on the highway. Right. And so this restroom has got to be cleaner, right? And you go in, and <laughs> no. it's like, oh my god! And it's like, so you're just sitting very uncomfortably for the rest of the movie, waiting to get home so you can go to the bath. Well, for me, I'm sitting there very uncomfortably. Yeah. Because I won't use the bathroom. I just remember one day, they came down to get one of the guys who was working concessions. Yeah. And they were like, oh, you know, so-and-so, we need you because somebody shit in the urinal. <laughs> and <laughs> and if that wasn't bad enough, like, whoever else was in there just kept flushing. <laughs> so the thing was just overwhelmed. It. Like, over, not overwhelmed, but overflowing. Yeah. And so they had to go in and, like, with gloves and bags and yeah. scoop everything. And then it's like that kid did that and then he came back down and he was serving the popcorn. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, I remember when I was a kid I was working in a supermarket back in the 70s and uh, that used to happen in the restroom at the supermarket and they try to order people to go in and clean it up. Yeah. You know, usually they, for some reason they picked on the guys in produce. I don't know why. <laughs> but it was like produce always ended up. Someone from produce always ended up having to go in with a shovel. And a box. A shovel? Yeah, to pick, pick the poop up off the floor. Okay. And put it in the box. Um, yeah, I know. I was in the meat department. They just. Made How it. was the meat department? The meat department was disgusting. Yeah. But now, didn't you have to, like, but wasn't that, like, that, that was, like, the top tier of the hierarchy of the grocery store? It was, although the guys in Frozen, uh, any place where you were going into a refrigerator or a freezer was harder work. Mm-hmm. because it was yeah produce was good because they had refrigerators and stuff but it was basically you were comfortable all day if you were in a meat department back in the 70s there were they back in those days the stuff still came in hanging on a truck so the meat department had all these hooks and tracks on the ceiling and we used to like ride the hooks you'd get a running start you hold on to the hooks and you could like propel yourself through the, what do they call that now? There's like a thing where you get on a cable and you ride it down a mountain. Zip lining? Zip lining. This was sort of like early zip lining and you'd like, like fly through the doors of the meat refrigerator because the <laughs> meat refrigerator had more square footage than this damn house. So you were playing on the meat hooks? Yeah, and, and now if you go to a supermarket and you if you were to go to a meat department, you wouldn't see any pieces. You wouldn't Isn't see like cattle in there. But when I was working in a meat department, there was the last of this form of, of, of processing uh, where a truck would pull up and huge sides of beef would be hanging in the truck. So basically, like the cow would be cut in half and there'd be half of this mostly processed cow. And you'd have to push these carcasses. 
they'd be on the hooks, and the hooks would integrate into the system, the rail system, the meat department. And so they'd be like sawing up all these cows and breaking it all down. And, they, they, you know, all the animals, a bunch of animals came in like that. And uh, so it was disgusting because it was a mess. You know, even though they had been skinned and processed to a certain point, they still, when they got in there, there'd be guys with electric saws and stuff cutting them up and breaking it all down. This sounds like such a health code violation. It was, I mean, it was, it was, it was a, I used to go in there in the morning on a Saturday and I'd have to start at six and I, I, I didn't get out of there till like seven at night because we'd basically be clean and stuff. And, uh, you know, that was your job when you were in high school. Do you feel like this experience, and I, I have more questions about the, a lot of this, Yeah. but do you feel like the experience of having to do all that? is partly why you're so desensitized when you have to go do work calls now at the morgue. Yeah, no, actually, I, 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 I believe there is some connection between that because going into a, 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 a morgue, a, a busy one, like a chief medical examiner's place, is not unlike that because it it's is... Just it's a it's a processing facility in a different way, but, I mean, it's in that environment, everything is refrigerated. Just as it was in that, that meat department, you had huge walk-in refrigerators and any area where any processing was being done was refrigerated as well. Uh, and it's similar. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not that different. Uh, maybe that is why. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, how do we get on that topic? Wait, anyway? but I, have, I just have a, just one more question. Before, because we were talking about work experiences, and you yeah. talked about the how do we get out of the movie theater to the supermarket? Because <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about how the produce guys had to clean up the shit. Oh yeah, yeah, that's how oh, wait, via I had the one bathroom. More, I had we one got more from question. the movie theater to the supermarket uh, via the bathroom. I had floor. another question yeah. about the meat department, though. Yeah, go ahead. So you're telling me all this stuff, right? Yeah. But like, so surely I think about everything that's involved in businesses. Yeah. So. If you have some like places, if you have a hair salon, yeah. you need like school to do classes and get a specific license right. to braid hair. Right. So I would like to know what kind of schooling and licensing was required to handle the raw meat. Well, I didn't have to go through any because surely you must have had to like learn. Right. They were the the, about the people who cut the meat were uh, trained. Had to go through so many hours of training. I guess I think it was on the job training. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know if they were if they were licensed meat cutters. I don't think they were. I think you just got trained on how to do that. Uh, I, I don't know. The Board of Health would inspect the place periodically, but I don't believe... Did you guys un pass? Unlike to Yeah, but unlike today, I don't think... Because uh, some of the stories you tell me, it doesn't sound like you should have passed. Well, when I fell into the garbage chute? No, no, no. But you've told me stuff about, like, nasty stuff. Yeah, that well, I mean, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a pretty... It, it, was a, it was a brutal... I hated working in there because it was just a, a brutal environment. I was... You'd get soaking wet because we were cleaning everything. That's what the kids were doing. Yeah. And they, against the rules, when they needed help, they'd have us doing uh, stuff. You know, like if, if they used to grind tremendous amounts of meat when they were having sales because back in those days, they were selling it for like 19 cents a pound. That's how old I am. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, it would go, um, ground beef would go on sale for 19 cents a pound and the place would be mobbed with people. And you couldn't grind enough stuff 
you, you couldn't grind fast enough to keep up with all that. Because as soon as it went out, people would be clawing at it. We'd yeah, actually, no, you had some crazy customers. Right, we'd lose some product because the, as you walked out with a, with a cart full of, of burger behind the meat counter, people would actually be, there'd be so many people crowded around the counter that they'd run down to the end where you came out. Yeah. And be, they'd be jumping over the meat case and grabbing the packages of beef. And when they were doing that, sometimes there'd be so many people grabbing at it that the packages would be getting torn apart. Yeah. So there'd be ground beef, like, flying everywhere. Now, you said, didn't you say that somebody working there, I don't remember if it was you or someone else, but someone got actually injured, Oh, right? somebody got injured because they tried to break up a fight. Uh, there was, you know, because people would start fighting over, like, the last package. Mm-hmm. So he was putting the meat in the, in the, in the thing, and people were grabbing at him. And uh, his hands got scratched up once uh, from people just, like, doing that. But then there was this thing where there was, like, one package left. And we were going to grind more, but they didn't want to wait, I guess. And they started fighting over it. And, and while they were fighting over it, of course, the package got ripped open and the meat fell everywhere. Uh, and then that infuriated them more and they were going at it. And he went around the counter to try to break it up. Uh, and, uh, and he got punched. Uh, did they scratch him? Uh, he got scratched first and then punched in the face. And then, uh, and, uh, another time I remember it wasn't him, but someone else got in an altercation with the guy because this, they, the chickens were on sale and they would go out for like 29 cents or so. Everything ended in a nine for some reason. Yeah. And, uh, there's probably wo- some psychology, marketing psychology. Yeah. This that. woman, this older woman went in to grab the last chicken and he came over and he just like give me that that's mine and he took it right out of her hands <laughs> and the guy behind the counter got involved in it and you know he said give it back to her and, and of course one thing led to the other and god was punching him now you told me there was a story um about a woman too, who was stealing stuff out of chickens, wasn't she? Yeah, 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 yeah. People used to do that all the time. There was a lot of theft. I'm sure there's still a lot of so theft. So can you explain how she, she stole parts of the chicken? Yeah, she for some reason, she wasn't interested in the chicken. She was interested in the bags of giblets. So she, <laughs> Just for the Pete folks listening who don't know, like what it, can you explain what the giblets are? Well, when you are? buy a chicken, uh, usually it, uh, because of the processing, uh, you'll get a little bag in there. Not always, but it depends on the brand. And you'll get a, you know, a liver, a heart, a neck, uh, you know, maybe some other parts. And people cook with that. I mean, nobody does anymore, I think. But back in the old days, people were knew how to process all of it because they didn't there was no waste so she was coming in and stealing just that not the chicken she'd rip the bag of the she'd rip the chicken open the bag with the chicken open and then she pulled them out and she put them in her bag so somebody saw her doing it and uh, reported it and uh yeah it was just it was always embarrassing and she she denied it and it but didn't just, you say one time she like went out and she was leaking chicken? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. It was leaking all out of her because she had a pocketbook and she was stealing all this stuff and it was leaking. You could see it leaking, the, the stuff leaking. Once this guy tried to make a belt out of uh, filet mignon, that was pretty funny. To sneak it out? Yeah, he went to uh, the aisle with the plastic wrap 
Because yeah. a lot of people would do that. I'm probably giving people ideas. And he took like three or four packages of filet mignon steaks, went into an aisle that was quiet because they do this on like a weeknight because we'd be open like Monday nights. Uh, and and um, what he did was he put all of the filet mignons in a row and then wrapped it mm-hmm. numerous times. Okay. And then he sort of wrapped it around his waist and tied it off. Okay. And uh, he threw the packages behind, like, boxes of cereal to get rid of them. But this didn't work out and for him. And then he tried to leave. Yeah, but it didn't work. Yeah, no, he got caught as he was leaving for some reason. Somebody either saw him doing it and reported him. And it's like, remember that, what was that movie about the guy who got arrested in Turkey with all the drugs? I'm not sure. Midnight Express. Okay. It was like that. He was just about out the door with the with the filet mignons and they, and they grabbed him. But they had to have a cop on duty there all the time because there were constant problems. And but the other thing people would do is they'd take something really, they'd, they'd take a label from something really inexpensive. Yeah. Like they'd get the cheapest like ground beef and then they'd go to like some quiet aisle and they'd, swap, re- the they'd swap the labels and rewrap with saran wrap. But they almost always got caught going through the register because it would just... Now, were these people banned from the store or would they come back? Yeah, you know, it was always bullshit. They'd take them to the manager's office and, you know. But in the end, I think nothing nothing really happened. What happened to the customer who pitched the salami? Oh, yeah. That was another one. This woman brought back a a salami because we used to sell that stuff in the meat meat department. Uh, It was a weird, like, political thing. The delis had some stuff. We had others, and the manager from the deli, he'd be, like, fighting to get that salami moved from the meat to... I'm serious. The meat to... They're probably all dead now, these guys, but they, like, spent so much of their life fighting over salami and chicken livers and stuff. It's, it's like, totally ridiculous. And so she brought this thing back, but, I mean, three-quarters of it had been eaten. Yeah. And she said, well, I want my money back because this was no good. Right. And, it was, and you could tell, like, she probably purchased this last year or something, and she had it in the freezer, and she'd been eating it. And then she probably took it out the last time, and it, it just just wasn't good anymore. That's so, so the, Yeah, so I, the guy, the, 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 ma- the meat manager was there with the assistant manager, and they looked at it, and they said, I'm sorry, we can't give you a refund on this because most of it's been eaten. And they handed it back to her. And she took this thing, and she, uh, I forget exactly what she said. You know, she said, you stick this fucking, st-. I mean, she was throwing, <laughs> but she was an elderly woman, and that's what made it, like, so funny. And she wound up, and she threw this salami, and you just see, like, these grown men who were, uh, you know, hardened from being in refrigerators and freezers and dr- being drunk all the time. Mm-hmm. And just the, the, the reflexes they had to get out of the way when the salami hit, like flew over and, and bounced off the wall. It was pretty funny. Wow. Yeah, I mean, when you saw the lengths people went to and the anger and the, and the potential for violence over, like, chickens and ground beef, it was amazing. Yeah, that's uh, something. Yeah, I mean, it was a miserable job because it was cold and wet all the time. Yeah. And uh, you, you just was, you know, like, we'd have to go and scrape the floor of the refrigerator. Uh, at some point on a Saturday, and it was just awful work, and then pressure wash everything, and um, yeah. So I'll take the movie theater job over that. Oh yeah, yeah. And then when you went in the bathroom at the at the supermarket, it was just as dirty as the movie theater. Yeah. You, you know. I couldn't believe 
how gross that was, but, um, yeah, all right, so that covers So, yeah, so the, I went from there to working in the morgue. So this covers the employment section of the, uh, of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I mean, I, well, let me say, I don't work in the, this I don't like actually resume. have a job in a morgue. My yeah. job is to calibrate, si I calibrate scientific equipment. But you So I go wherever people are making fine measurements of, of ground human meat. temperature or weight, uh, which the is mostly the guy's what I deal head, with. The top of the guy's head yeah, off. Yeah, they do that with these electric saws. Yeah. yeah. Take the brain out. Mm. Yeah. I remember the very first time I went in there because <laughs> no one in my office would go. I said, I'll go. And yeah, uh, yeah it was fa I've, I'm fascinated by that, but I have that natural curiosity. Yeah. I look at that, and to me, it's like you, this is, if, uh, I, I'm curious as to why I understand on a, on a basic level that there's revulsion watching someone be dissected that way. Mm hmm. Uh, but why is it any different than watching a mechanic take a car apart? Because it's a person. Right, but why? Why would you respond? Why would you have that visceral response? I'm not saying that I, it, I don't, I'm denying it. I'm just asking, why do you think that is, that you have that response because to watching it's a this living... machine be disassembled? But yeah, at but... the time they're being disassembled, they're not alive anymore. Yeah, but still they were. Yeah. The machine was never alive. The machine never had blood and beating organs and everything. You don't take a car apart and as you're taking it apart, say, oh, here's a, a you know, a, a carburetor. I have one of those inside me working right now. So you're, the, you're saying it's a level of identification? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If I cut somebody open and I'm like holding a human heart. That's disturbing because yeah. it's like here's a dead one and then there's one inside me. It's not me. disturbing for the people who experience it all the time, though. They're in there joking around and, and talking about what they're going to have for lunch. Yeah. Well, so, I think that probably for a lot of people, if they're doing that every day, they become desensitized to it. Yeah. I guess. If that's how you want to play. I'm just saying I think there's something more to it. I think it's like... A, a, I just like can't fathom how you could compare... A, a corpse of a living human being to like that of a car. I don't. I don't see. Well, how you I can wonder make if there comparison. are any people who get like. Who... Yes, there are people who make those comparisons, and they're usually like sociopaths. <laughs> 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 fucking Ted Bundy. Well, I was going to say, are there people who have the opposite uh, experience? Do they see a car getting taken apart and say, "Oh, that, oh, that's disgusting." Don't you remember that those my strange addiction people who were mm -hmm. like married to. There was a dude on there who He's was, married to he a was car? doing his car. Oh, really? Yeah, he was like in a sexual so relationship. So if you went in there and you like tore the carburetor. So he took his car, car apart. Right. Yeah, I think or that if, like that... all the oil was leaking out of the engine, he'd be like completely flipping out. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So he was. Should in... we have to? We'll have to go watch that. Yeah, episode. we're gonna have to go look that up. That's fascinating. You don't remember that? No, I don't. So he had an emotional relationship with this car. Yeah, and he had to like come out to his parents because he was like, "Well, I'm in this re relationship with this." And he it, brought them the, out to the car. The car was named Chase, and you know they're like, he was like, you know, let me introduce you yeah. to my person, and then you know it's well, like there was a sixties TV show uh, called My Mother in Law the Car. Did you ever see that? Ep there was an episode where a woman was like in a relationship with a carnival ride. No. It always bothers me when they start saying you know about how they get intimate. Yeah. Because it's like, what does that right. entail? What yeah. are you doing to Although it? Although we are moving toward the point, I think, where machines are going to have, uh, uh, they're going to be sentient. And then people will 
have intimacy with with machines don't you think yeah that's the future but yeah we're not talking about like a toaster <laughs> right i mean or, <laughs> we're talking yeah i'm thinking like more sophisticated stuff right but right maybe that says something about the person who's but, in the relationship with the toaster I don't know. I just, uh, I don't, I personally, that's, I don't want to shame, you know, can't yeah, shame yeah, anyone. Yeah, we shouldn't, yeah. You know, if any of our listeners are into uh, that, you know. Or if they have insight into that, I would love to know what that's like. I mean. But honestly, if you think about it, for these people that are, you know, doing their own cars or, or right. carnival rides right. or whatever, there's definitely a sense, like, I think an ease to that relationship. Well, but let's back it up a little bit because there is this thing where you do get attached to objects on a level that is an emotional one, right? Right. But I'm just saying, I mean, don't you think... people have, like, a coffee cup or, or a mug or something, or, and that's their mug, and they're carrying it around all the time, and they, if you dropped it and broke it and they couldn't replace it, it would be a big issue for them, right? Right, but uh, I think it's a step further to say, like, I'm not going to be in any relationships with other people because I'm sexually and intimately and romantically bonded to a coffee cup. Yeah. No, but I, I do well, think that there's no. some ease in that because in some ways because it's like, well, I think about all of the headaches that I've had in right, my relationship. I can relationship, just sit here with this coffee cup and, and have a great Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> watch whatever I want to watch. I mean, if I coffee. want to go to the bar, if I want to go to the museum or whatever, I can just take the coffee, coffee cup. With you. I, you know, the guy yeah. I was dating, it'd be like, hey, why don't we... Go out and see my right. friends. I don't wanna. I wanna right. stay here and play Call of Duty or whatever. Yeah. And then it's like, well, then I yeah, have to go might, out alone. Right. That but coffee, if I have my coffee right. cup, right. Just bringing it along. Put, put a little white tuxedo on. It yeah, yeah. A little, a little hat. <laughs> yeah. Be good. Up, go up to like some expensive restaurant. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, but what I'm trying to say is, I think that we animate objects quite a bit like we have this we don't believe we're an animistic society we i think we think we're like this cultural that's that's technologically based and everything's built on reason but i don't think that's true at all i think that we are more of an animistic uh a society we, we grant spiritual power to all sorts of inanimate objects so i guess if you look at it from that perspective you don't uh uh, you know, uh, uh, granting that type of status to objects, uh, it's not that far off the norm. It sounds crazy, but well, maybe it isn't. That I just want to say that I was really starting to reconnect with my love, love before you killed it. I didn't kill it. The you battery. Did kill it. All you it asked me to take another... the batteries out um, for so you could temporarily play with your broken tape player, yeah. and I put the batteries back in. And now it won't work. But it anymore. wasn't working right when we were back it was to the fine. studio. It wasn't. It was fine. Well, I was there alone the the other night before we went back and took the batteries out of it, and it wasn't doing anything. It was just you know I walked in the studio I at first. I forgot it, it was there, and so like I walked in, and it's like oh shit, and there's this thing sitting there, and I'm thinking okay, I wonder if it's going to make any noise. So I went up to it and I just poked it. Yeah. And it didn't do anything. Yeah. And wow. I said, oh, good. I'm you sure know, that was I, a happy day for I, you, yeah. That's when I did that painting, though. I, I accomplished all that painting. If that thing had been over there, happy wava love, <laughs> I would have been out of there. <laughs> well, this has been a very lively discussion. Why it's done? A G well, I don't know. Well, I was going to talk about animistic uh, societies. Okay.
Well, I'm just go for it. Well, no, I think it's cool. I think we've gone far enough. I, I guess I don't. I was going to talk about Picasso, uh, and and start veering the uh, conversation into that because I mean that's basically what he was trying to do with the painting. Well, I'm number <laughs> one daughter, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm number one art dad. We don't have a name for this. We have to give ourselves new names, though. Why? Do you want to be Art Daughter? Yeah, why not? Why can't we just be Dad and Daughter? All right, Dad and Daughter. It's kind of charming. Uh, and this is our, uh, what's what do we call our TikTok page? Number One Dad. Number one, This is the Number One Dad cast. I don't know. <laughs> number One Pop cast. <laughs> number One. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, well, goodbye. <laughs>